The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson back with today's 2020 podcast. Remember, you can hear 2020 on the Vision Radio Network weekdays from 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. That's 11 Australian Eastern Summer Time. Well, today we revisit a snapshot of the findings of the biggest study of religious practice in Australia. Since late 2011, the findings have begun to crystallise from the National Church Life Survey, shedding light on who we are as the Christian church in Australia. More than a quarter of a million people in more than 3,000 congregations took part in the survey. To get a snapshot of what the Christian church looks like in our nation, we spoke to Dr. Ruth Powell, who is the director of the National Church Life Survey. I welcomed Ruth back to 2020. Thank you very much for having me. Ruth, lovely to be able to talk to you. And this is a topic that you have been passionate about now for multi-decades. Not to give away your age there, but (laughs) (laughs) but this is something you've just, uh, this has enveloped your whole life and you've become immersed in what the church is doing in Australia through the National Church Life Survey. Indeed, you're right. I joined the NCLS team in 1991, just as they had collected their first National Church Life Survey results. And they thought it was going to be a one-year project and that would be the end of it. But our journey has been uh, has continued. And I think it's a credit to the churches who've understood that the times have changed, the context has changed. And in a sense, they've had to face incredible challenges uh, from a range of fronts And the message has been mission has come home. We have to think about mission in our own backyard. And they have taken seriously the need to listen well to their people and to think again about how to engage the wider community with with the message that they feel they have. So 20 years later, we've now done the National Church Life Survey five times every five years at the same time as the national census. So you get a picture of the community from the census and you get a picture of the churches from the Church Life Survey. Now, 23 denominations involved mm-hmm. in the National Church Life Survey. That includes Catholic and Anglican and, uh, and of course, all the range of Protestant denominations in there. Uh, when you say uh, the mission is coming home, is that something that you glean from the feedback that you've received in these surveys from really a big cross-section through all of those denominations? Yes, that's right. I mean, there's, I'm not saying that there's not engagement in the uh, in the international field, but it's a it's a shift in a sense to go. You know, we thought from a time in I'm talking a long way past now, but you know, when you go, oh, we're a Christian nation, and you know, there's a 
little village church on every corner, just like it was in England, you know, and we've just replicated that out here, and there's this sort of assumption. And, and now the, the church is renegotiating its role with wider society and society. You know, people in the wider community have asked some big questions. And in the 60s and 70s, the young people left the churches, the baby boomers um, who were young at that stage left the churches and they didn't come back. And that has put some real challenges out for the churches, but across the breadth, from the Catholic churches, Pentecostal churches, small evangelical churches, uh, the larger mainstream churches, they are they've been grappling with these key issues, not only at a national level, but you know it comes right down to the local churches thinking about how can we be healthy churches in our place in our time, and individuals thinking how can I express my faith in an authentic way you know, to to my neighbour, to my work colleague? And these are big questions of what, how do we do it now? How How is it authentic? And Ruth, this is a big picture type conversation we're having right now. When it comes to the health of the church, mm-hmm. uh, we all know that from the Australian Bureau of Statistics figures that less people tick the box that, say, that says that they're Christian. Uh, is that a reflection of the church diminishing in size or diminishing in influence? How does that all fit? And when we talk about a diminishing number, is that reflective of the health of the church? Well, you've you've named a, an interesting issue there, and I think you've, we've got to be thinking about what do we want to measure when we measure the health of the church. One is the numbers, and uh, certainly we know from the census that people who affiliate with Christian churches has declined steadily um, over the past few decades. Uh, So currently 61% of Australians will tick that Christian box on the census form. Uh, We also know that in terms of going to church, there are fewer people who go to church than previously. Mind you, the the best it's ever been in Australia was in the 50s and 60s. That was our golden era. It never got any better than that. Um, But it has certainly declined since then. But our survey actually goes to people sitting in churches, involved in church life, and asks them about their experience of their local church. So it's, a, it's measuring the health of the local church. And this is, this is what we've got back. And we have this framework where we can give information back to churches about the qualities of health. And we have nine core qualities. Things like, you know, when you, want to, when you think, what is a healthy church like? Uh, you may say, well, I think a church would be healthy if it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. That is helping people grow in their faith. So forget the numbers for a minute. Think, is this a church where people say, it's helping me grow in my faith? Is this a church where I feel I belong, community? Is this a church that's helping me worship God? Is this a church that knows where it's going for the future, that has a clear direction for the future? Am I empowered to contribute my gifts and skills? Do I share faith? Does it help me share faith? Does it help me actually act in, in, in acts of justice and service and care? So you can see there's these qualities of health that we measure that go beyond the sheer numbers because it's not just about the numbers. And, and what we've found over this period of of the surveys that we've done, is that across all of those, in most of those qualities, the church is stronger than it was a decade ago. So it may be smaller, but the church is stronger. That is an amazing uh, extrapolation from those statistics, to be able Mm. to say the church is stronger 
in 2012 going into 2013 than it was a decade ago. That is just an amazing thing. Uh, what sort of feedback do you get from leaders when they appreciate that that is the fact? Well, we are sending out material and in a sense we're waiting to hear back. We've sent out material to every local church with their own reflection of where their strengths are and we really hope they use that to reflect on where is the life amongst them and build on their strengths. We've also sent material out, a, a picture of health, to people like bishops or people who are like the state president or something of their de denomination. We've also sent it out to heads of churches. And so we've worked our way up finally to get to this national picture. And I think it's taking a while for people to get their head around the fact that, yes, the, the church is smaller. It is true that it's numerically smaller, and that is a major challenge. And it is true that some churches have a real ageing profile. But those who go are clearer about why they're there, they're clearer about what they're trying to achieve, and they're more involved in, in act, you know, acts of service. And they're saying, this church is helping me with these things such as belonging, growth in faith, um, empowering me, etc. So um, there's a couple of areas where that's not the trend, but the, in most of those measures of health, we're finding this, you know, positive picture of churches and people saying I want to come because I want to belong and I want to make a contribution here. Dr Ruth Powell is our guest, Director of the National Church Life Survey. Ruth, stay with us. I'd like to come back and talk to you some more about the people who are in our churches because, uh, as I understand it, in the church we're quite highly educated and increasingly multicultural. We'll talk some more in a short while. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back with a snapshot of the findings of the biggest study of religious practice in Australia called the National Church Life Survey. More than a quarter of a million people in more than 3,000 congregations covering 23 denominations took part in the survey late in 2011. Ruth Powell is the director of the National Church Life Survey. She says the survey has shown that people in churches are in fact highly educated and there's an increasing multicultural look about our congregations. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. We have 34% of church attenders hold a university degree and that is a lot higher than in the wider community. Now that's a pattern that church attenders have had for a while and in a way while it's, it's a surprise for a lot of people, uh, it's it's also perhaps a bit of a challenge to say how can we offer communities of faith that are much more concrete for people who aren't you know who have not been trained in sort of abstract higher education thinking but are people who who work in a more concrete world how do we make sure that this is not too sort of airy fairy can we say but it's it's certainly if you if you think uh, you know, in terms of education, you're absolutely right. Um, in terms of multiculturalism, the churches have always had um, a really good mix of uh, people from around the nations. Uh, and I think that continues. Australia is the second most multicultural nation in the world after Luxembourg, which is interesting. And um, the churches represent that multicultural flavor. And it's, it, it, I think for a lot of the churches, it's where the growth and the energy and the life is as they provide places for communities, well, two sorts of things, groups who come and find people like them 
and for whom their faith community is a really important place to belong, to retain the identity of their, their mother country, for example, to be able to speak their own uh, language, their first language, etc. Um, but also Australia is, is doing really well at developing multicultural congregations. I've just been in the US and talking about our multicultural ministry and they're blown away because they don't have the same mix of multiculturalism within churches, you know, where you've got people from all over in the same church. And it's just not an issue. It's just part of the mix of, of who churches are. And I think Australia is leading the way on this because we are a multicultural nation. Still a lot of challenges for churches to work out how to do this well, but I, I think Australia is on the front foot. Ruth, what about the gender mix, uh, men and women in church life? Uh, what can you shed as light on uh, how that mix is going? Yes, it's 60-40. 60% of people in churches are women and 40% are men. That's partly because uh, a number of our churches' uh, denominations have an ageing profile and women live longer than men, so they are more represented in those denominations. But more than that, it's actually a very long-term pattern that women are more likely to be involved in religious institutions generally, to take up religion and practice religion than men are. And I guess that's for a whole range of reasons, perhaps because um, women invest much more in relational activities, um, building relationship, building community, and, and a faith community is a, is a very natural place for, for people to build that sense of community. Um, there's other issues as well that would explain why women are more likely to be religious than men, but that pattern continues in Australia. So in the strength of that, the strong relational community uh, side that women bring, there's also that challenge. How does this message be accessible to men? Why? What is it that we can, you know, that the churches can offer that actually is a powerful, engaging way of working with men? And of course it all comes back to those reasons for attending church, the reasons mm. why we might. And uh, obviously there are different things that are attracting women to church uh, than men. And I, I would imagine that church leaders would be very impressed to be able to see this type of information that's available to them so that they can make those fine-tuning adjustments. Indeed. I mean, I think part of part of this is, in a sense, just it's helpful to get this bird's-eye view but really this project and the fact that it's been running for 20 years now and the fact that the churches keep fronting up and saying, let's do it again, because if they didn't want it, you know, there would be no project. But is really, I think, testament to their willingness to step back and say, we do need to find some new directions. We need to test directions. We need to listen, to hear the evidence and my hope is certainly that they use this. It's, it's one source of information and, and alongside their reflection, their discernment and prayer, that church leaders will be able to, again, find the life and also look for the warning signs and address them before it's too late. So we don't sit back and perhaps like, you know, what happened after the 60s and 70s where church leaders um, said, it doesn't matter that the young people have gone, they'll be back. They always come back when they have their kids. 
and they didn't come back this time. Now, it had never happened before, so it's a bit harsh to say, well, you missed it, folks. But just so we're on the front foot and ready to be watching the signs, listening to the trends and, and thinking, what do we actually do to, to build on our strengths and to be positioned well in a time of extraordinary rapid change? Um, it's a time of renegotiation. It's a time of, of, of really churches having to find their place again and say this is who we are this is what we stand for this is what we contribute to society and we're not going away and coming back to something you said earlier the sophistication of the national church life survey is such that each individual congregation is the central focus and i guess there's a big responsibility on the shoulders of the leaders and perhaps we're talking about uh, whether it's the pastor or the priest or the elders deacons people who are in in leadership and decision making roles to actually get the most out of this detail i guess you'd be encouraging people to, to to dig deep and and find out what's happening in their local communities so they can be most effective in what they're doing. Indeed. And what we've... Every one of those 3,000 churches that took part has a report somewhere on their desk of the health and vitality of their local church. And because we want them to use it at that local level, we, we've done a range of things. We've provided a workbook to use at the local level. We've, we've trained, we've gone around the country and trained facilitators and consultants to work with churches because often it's helpful to have someone come and you know walk alongside you and facilitate a process of listening. Um, in the end, for me, you know, at that local level, I, I, I really think if it just is an excuse to have a conversation then we've done something helpful, you know? And I think people sometimes go, oh, look, we already know this. We don't need to do this survey. We already know. And I would challenge that. And I would say, when is the last time you really had a conversation with your people about whether they are growing in their faith? When is the last time you said, do you feel you belong here? Are you feeling you're growing in your belonging? Are we helping you feel part of this place? Those are not questions you actually ask every day. Yes, you know how many people are in groups and how many people are women and men because you can look around and see that. But those deeper questions about the qualities of church that churches should be delivering on, I think that this is an excuse to have that deeper conversation. Say, who do we want to be? Where do we want to go? And what are we called to do in this place, in this time that we're planted? Well, Ruth, I'll point people to the websites. It's www.ncls. That stands for National Church Life Survey. That's ncls.org.au, where listeners can get a hold of lots of good information on that website. But if they're a part of a local church that's participated, of course, a much more detailed summary and report has been issued to the leadership in your local church. Dr. Ruth Powell is the director of the National Church Life Survey. Ruth, it is always a pleasure and thanks so much for sharing these things with us today here on 2020. Thanks very much. And if I can throw one last thing in, any church who would like to do a church life survey should contact us and they can do it whenever they like. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.